0: Mm-hmm. welcome to the mooz room everybody dr joe here bradley j Hines, tenured professor is here as well and emily krekelberg the og3 is back together it's been a while uh we've got all sorts of things to update yeah emily just had her birthday so that that's awesome happy birthday emily Are you how do you feel about it
1: I f- I feel good, so I and I have no problem saying it. I'm 33, and three is my favorite slash lucky number. So like, two threes, that's like a good sign.
2: Good year, I'm gonna be a good I'm year. I'm
1: rolling, yeah.
2: That's crazy. I remember when like I chaperoned a 4-H trip with you, and you were like 16 years old. Man. <laughs> it's been a while.
1: Um, yes, because wh- <laughs> I had my birthday on that trip, and I turned 17.
2: Oh yeah. Huh. And and where was that trip to? Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Yes, for the National 4-H Dairy Conference. That is where Bradley broke my ankle,
2: for those who
0: have
1: been here since the beginning. (laughs) Yes,
2: that's an old story that came up a long time ago. You were racing chairs in the hallway and you shouldn't have been.
1: Um, Yes, and who was I encouraged to do that by?
0: Silence. Dead
2: silence.
1: I I guess I remember a different version of the story.
0: (laughs) All right. Well, speaking of that area of the world, Bradley, you were just at World Dairy Expo. How was that?
2: It was good. It was good. It was uh it was it was fun being there, uh seeing all kinds of well, catching up with lots of people, seeing all kinds of new technologies. I saw an electric tractor. Uh, so I'm in uh, I'm we're getting an electric tractor here. Uh, at our research center. So I was talking with some guys talk about electric tractor. So that was kind of cool. Yes. There's lots of good dairy stuff there too. And saw lots of good dairy cows. So saw the favorite breed. The only breed, the only breed, so that's good. Yes, I almost bought a heifer, I almost bought a heifer in the Jersey sale, but I resisted. That's that's I, pretty
0: good discipline there,
2: Bradley. I, I resisted strong um, will, it went for pretty decent money, but then I would have had to figure out how to get it, and it was uh 12 hours away, so yeah, it's a long drive.
1: And and our judging teams had a really good World Dairy Expo as well. So Minnesota 4-H, the team from Goodhue County, took first in the 4-H Dairy Judging Contest. And the University of Minnesota Dairy Judging Team took first in the Collegiate Dairy Judging Contest. So, And, and I know a lot of cows that were in the show ring from Minnesota did well. So it was uh, a good event for Minnesota all around. All
2: right. And one of my colleagues, uh, Dr. Les Hansen, was the guest of honor at World World Dairy Expo for the National Dairy Shrine. So I went to that banquet. So it it was a nice banquet. So it was good for him to be recognized.
1: Yeah, there was a really nice picture from that banquet of all the Gopher Dairy Club alumni with Les, um, he is the longtime advisor of the Gopher Dairy Club since the club was started. So that was a really nice picture to see. And yes, congratulations, Dr. Les Hansen. A well-deserved honor.
0: Awesome. Well, you know, I, I, I was by myself last week on the podcast, and I always mention that Bradley sits in the stands with his cocktail and his derby hat on. And at least, <laughs> I don't know if yes. that's, like, how it actually happens, but that's what I like to think about when I think about Brad at World Dairy Expo.
2: Actually, I don't. I sit in the stands watching the cow show with a grilled cheese in both hands and a couple chocolate milk. Yeah, that's what it is.
1: And the and the derby hat though. There has exactly. to be the derby hat, Bradley. Like exactly. <laughs> that's an important part of this. That
2: is the only thing I eat at World Dairy Expo is the grilled cheese. There's nothing else. That's nothing else.
0: My, I, nothing else. Can't I go want along with that. I had that for dinner
1: last night. Shout out Grilled Cheese Stand at World Dairy Expo. There you exactly. go. Yes. Exactly. Yes.
0: You want to sponsor the show? Get a hold of us. All right. Well, what are we actually doing today? We haven't seen each other for a while, so just a little update. But today it's the Bradley Show. We're talking about what's going on at the WCROC and the dairy up there, all the different research. There's a lot going on and we haven't provided an update in quite a while.
1: And I just want to note, I am a little hurt. It was just my birthday. And usually for our birthdays, we get our own show. And we're doing a Bradley show the first time we're together after my birthday. So stay tuned next week. Hopefully it'll be the Emily show.
0: Maybe. We'll see.
1: Ah. Uh. <laughs> All right. So mean. So,
0: so Bradley, we, you just said that you're getting an electric tractor. It hasn't shown up yet, but it's on its way. What else is going on up there? What what are the big things you're working on? What What's taking up all your time up there?
2: What is taking up all my time? Well, it has been an interesting summer, I will say the least, on trying to get lots of research going and start with that. But probably the one that I've spent a lot of time on this summer is actually looking at methane emissions. So that's the craze and all the dairy world right now is uh, reducing methane emissions. So I have... Acquired a green feed. So this is a a machine that is used to collect methane emissions. Uh, it also does CO2, oxygen, hydrogen from cows. When they come into, they get a little bait, they get a little treat, and then once they breathe out, it collects their methane emissions. So I have one, and I have another on order. So we're we're gonna have two. We're going bonkers into collecting uh, greenhouse gases from cows. But actually, we're with the project. We're feeding some red seaweed uh, to try and reduce their methane emissions. So, working with a couple of companies to see if it works in, in, in organic animals. So, we've been feeding some red seaweed from uh, Hawaii, and uh, yeah, it's been going well. It's been going well. So, we're we're uh, we're taking blood samples and milk samples, and I even learned how to pump a rumen. So uh, to get some rumen fluid out for some analysis. So I've never done that before in my life, and uh, it's been quite exciting. It's technology and it takes a lot of time and effort to make all this stuff work and watch it all the time. So I've spent a lot of time this summer worrying about it. It took us three weeks to train cows to get them to use uh, the machine. So I took one for the team, my interns took uh, a few kicks to the leg for the team. Uh, we, we <laughs> Uh it was quite challenging. So that's been kind of fun starting that project. There's a lot of people doing methane emissions work, but we're doing it. We're unique from a pasture-based system. So it's kind of exciting.
1: And I will say I, I will give a plug for Bradley's Instagram early. So that's UM Dairy. Uh he did post uh some photos up there about a month ago of the green feed in action. There's a little video. Um And yeah, I just, I think it's super cool. So if you're curious of what that kind of looks like, um, it's actually appears to be powered by a solar panel. Uh, Bradley, we know you love your solar. uh, That's right. There at the dairy. So, so yeah, check that out. Uh, See, see it in action. I think it's super cool and excited to learn more about what you learned from it.
2: Yes, it's, it's been, it is solar powered. So yes, you know, I like solar energy and do all that fun stuff, so
0: so with this red seaweed, you're expecting to get lower methane emissions. That's correct. That That's cool. Yep. But do you expect to get anything else, any other benefit from feeding this seaweed? Or, or do we know yet? Do we have any expect, expectations about that? Because I find it probably, if that's the only thing we get out of it, it may not be enough to convince a dairyman to actually use it.
2: I agree that's a good point joe so it uh well i won't tell you the results i know what's going on and the the hypothesis is that we'll see about a 40% reduction in methane emissions from cows well i think right now we're just at the stage where let's see what happens with methane emissions and does it hurt milk production you know so we're measuring all the milk production fat protein you name it um and So that's probably the goal is to do the first study to see if it works and it can be fed to cows. I will tell you that when we first started feeding it, our cows did not like it. It is a big adjustment when you're feeding. And even at a small level, you know, we're feeding it at less than an ounce per day. So it is not
1: much. I have a point of information question. I'm trying to visualize this. Is it just like a powdered seaweed? Like it's just a powder you get that you add into the TMR or whatever,
2: yeah, yeah. So you can, it, you can make it into a powder, and you just add it into the TMR, or sprinkle it on top of grain or or whatever it might be. Economics, uh, we 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 might get there. I, I don't know what the cost is, uh, for production, and you know I had that question. At I spoke about this at Minnesota Nutrition Conference, and one somebody sort of questioned whether it was sustainable to ship. Uh, seaweed from Hawaii to Minnesota to reduce uh, carbon footprint and actually a, a person that is involved a lot with uh, dairy sustainability said uh, transportation doesn't matter it's such a small portion of it compared to the reduction in methane i don't know we'll see we we will see it's it's kind of a, and we're going to feed it through the end of december into early january and then kind of go from there Th- this is one of the projects we're working on i have a whole bunch of other projects that we were uh, uh, working on with methane, looking at different breeds. Cause we, you know, we have Bre- Holsteins and crossbreds. We're going to actually, um working with Isaac sulfur in St. Paul, and we're going to take it to St. Paul and measure it on Holstein cows in a tie stall barn, uh, comparing some genotypes there. We, we can get a lot of information out of this machine related to body maintenance uh, based on their, the gases that cows are uh, exhaling. So yeah, we'll get a lot of uh, good stuff
1: going. Well, we'll have to stay tuned for the um, Red Seaweed recap episode.
0: Absolutely. Well, we'll have to have one so we can figure out what other benefits in addition to methane reduction there are, if there are right. any. Because that's that's going to be key for the adoption.
2: I agree. I agree.
0: Okay, so we got methane projects galore with your new toy and, and having...
1: Brad's got gas.
0: Yes, exactly. Exactly. New (laughs) t-shirt I
1: had to, sorry. (laughs)
0: Brad's got gas. Writing it down for (laughs) (laughs) t-shirts.
1: Yes, perfect.
0: I know one project that we've talked about before, Bradley, and I don't honestly know if you updated this at the Minnesota Nutrition Conference as well. You're working with dairy cross beef animals. And I think you're pretty excited because, I mean, I've seen pictures and I'm pretty excited that there's... Herford's entering this discussion. Um but tell us what's going on there.
2: Well, you know, I we we've done some dairy beef work uh for a number of years. I did a study. You know, we first started with Limousine. I think in 2019 we started breeding some cows to Limousine during the pandemic. We did a study here kind of kept going looking at Limousine cross calves and uh, see what would happen and they do well, they grow well. Um And then there's been a lot of research out that has shown, you know, maybe Angus or maybe cementol or there's not a lot out there. So I have ventured off into that realm again. We first used Limousine and then I switched to Angus in our herd. Well, then it was like, well, let's, uh, I'm not convinced that any one breed is the best. So we bred the dairy herd to Angus, Limousine, cementol, Charlay, and Hereford. Right now, we have uh, there's 20 uh, calves on the ground. So we're just going to look at the at the bull calves, at the steer calves right now. You know, the heifer calves. That's a whole. That's like another study in itself. How to do a. You know, we have we're going to probably have 160 beef on dairy crossbreds born here, and I just can't keep them all. So maybe at some point I'll think about this heifer. Issue because there's a lot of heifers and those go into the system as well, and nobody really knows what to do with them because they don't, they're not like a a steer calf. So, right now, they are, I have them on our auto feeder. So, we're getting all of the milk intake data. We are feeding them probably at a higher rate than what is industry standard. I've been told that uh, by numerous people. (laughs) We're feeding 10 liters. We're feeding more milk than what uh, most people would think. So it's kind of exciting.
0: And are you, you're you planning to take them all the way through harvest and get that kind of data as well?
2: That is the goal. That is the goal. <laughs> we That is the goal is to take them through harvest and get uh, the carcass data and do a taste panel and comparing these different breeds. And there needs to be a lot more beef on dairy research. There's a few people that are doing it. And everybody's doing it differently. So that's the problem is that it's all different and everybody uses different breeds. Most of it is on Angus, of course. To go on a side tangent about breeds, I was at World Dairy Expo talking to some farmers and they were from California and they're using, uh, well, they've kind of switched. They're using some stabilizer, which is kind of a composite breed going back to some of the red breeds, the actual red breeds, you know, red limousine, not, not the black, because on the West coast, you know, the black phenomenon it's there, but it's not like it is here in the Midwest red coat color, especially from a, you know, a heat perspective, uh, black cattle don't do as well uh, in, in really high temperatures. So um, it's interesting talking to farmers about that and beef and dairy and from other parts of the U S and their take on on different breeds and what can be used. Maybe at some point I'll use uh, different breeds. Who knows? I have lots of people telling me, oh, you know, we should be using Galvi or Stabilizer or this, but I, I just don't know.
0: Yeah, and I don't think anyone really has enough data to know. And then it comes up to that conversation of, well, is it even about breed? Or are we, right. matching, are we matching genetics to individual bulls, regardless of breed? And is that the better option? And I, I don't know. We don't know yet. We don't have time today to get down that rabbit oh, hole. Oh, man,
2: we could we could have maybe we'll have a whole episode on dairy beef crossing one day. Maybe once we know a little more.
1: Sounds thrilling. But I, I do want to make an important point. Um, Bradley, you brought up, you know, taking these calves all the way through to harvest and doing a tasting panel. I would like to volunteer to be a member of that panel. I believe I speak for Joe as well when I say that. So 100%. keep us in the loop when, we, when we're ready for that.
2: We certainly will. We'll, we'll have a Moose Room steak fry one night and it'll be only Hereford
1: steaks. Perfect. Yes. Well, I'm excited to see what happens with those calves as well. Um, you know, and I like that you just decided to go with a lot of different breeds. I have seen the pictures. The calves are adorable. I have a soft spot for the Charley crosses, personally.
2: The little um, Charley crosses are really adorable. They are.
1: They <laughs> they make cute dairy crosses.
2: Yeah, some have come out red, and otherwise, if they're kind of crossed with a black animal, they come out with this grayish color, and it's kind of neat. It's something something totally different. Mousy, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. You know, that's why I'm doing it. I don't I'm just doing this on my own because I think we need we need the answers.
0: Yeah, that sounds great. It's a great way to get the ball rolling because you just got to do it. And then the interest will show up. If you build it, they will come kind of thing.
2: That's right. That's right.
0: All right. So that's not it. There's always more going on.
2: Oh, yes. We're we're doing agrivoltaic. So grazing cattle under solar panels. We're looking at mastitis treatments, uh, non-antibiotic, mastitis treatments uh looking i got new grant money for emily uh to to, to uh, actually look at parasites in organic dairy animals and uh, looking at the genetics of it so there's going to be a lot going on here within the next few years and it's kind of exciting kind of exciting to see where all this is going to take us
0: i i love the the parasites in organic animals that's a great especially when we're talking about grazing and dairy and you know, depending on your rotation, you can even make the whole problem worse if they come around, you know, at the wrong time back to the original pasture. So there's all sorts of things to consider, especially when you don't have a whole lot of options for treatment. Now, fortunately, we do have options for for paras- parasites on the organic side as long as it's documented that they have an issue. But yeah, it becomes a little different, the discussion of just proactively treating isn't really something that you get to do on the dairy side. You're stuck in this more of a a rescue treatment mentality.
2: So if anybody's looking, anybody uh, wants to be a grad student or anybody knows any good grad students, we're looking for uh, somebody to work on parasite project in genetics.
0: I'm done with school. I am absolutely done. No more. So it'll have to be Emily if it's one of the one of the two <sighs> of us.
1: I was waiting for that. Bradley's been trying to talk me into being his grad student for about a decade now. Yeah,
2: right. Well, it's a lot of sampling, a lot of samples from cows and, and heifers and you name it. So
0: well, at least the samples are easy to collect.
2: They are easy to collect. It's not a laborious project.
0: Nothing like rumen samples. Pumping rumens is awful and I hate it. Not so bad in cows. In calves, it's terrible just everything's smaller and it's easier to put things in the wrong pipe and that esophagus is a little more fragile and you can tear it and it's tough in calves that's that's a lot i think we've covered a lot of what's going on up there there's there's more there's always more um but it's cool to know we've got at least the green feeds up there and i agree with emily it's really cool to see what those look like and how they work and if you're interested check out Bradley's Instagram to see that. I'm sure there'll be more content as they use it more and more. And as it comes down to campus here and then, you know, there there's going to be more updates because as Bradley gets more grant money,
1: grant money, grant money, grant money,
0: he, he will have more projects and more students working constantly. So,
1: well, and we'll probably have to do a full episode about the electric tractor when oh, it arrives. 100%. Oh yes. Yes. So
0: And yeah, we'll get some of that on YouTube as well. Cause we need to see it in action and, Hear it, because it's going to be hear it, quiet. Yes.
2: We were promised April 1st.
0: April 1.
1: Ooh. Coming coming this spring.
0: You can go into the solar panels too, right? Yes, and it's autonomous. And it's autonomous. Okay, this, it's like a, an onion here, or an ogre. <laughs> exactly. It's just layers it's and used, layers of this stuff. This might
1: be a two-parter episode about this thing.
0: Well, thank <sighs> you, Bradley, for giving us the update. We really appreciate it. And uh, I think it's important for everyone to know that Bradley isn't just sitting around eating grilled cheeses every day. he uh, <laughs> He's got a lot going on and a lot of projects that are happening and they matter to the real world, or at least uh, we're trying to make them matter to the real world. So wrap us up, Em.
1: If you have questions, comments, or scathing rebuttals about today's episode, you can email those to room at umn.edu. You can also call and leave us a voicemail at 612 624 3610. You can find us on the web at extension.umn.edu on Twitter at UMN Mousroom and at UMN Farm Safety. And another plug for Bradley's Instagram. You can find that at UMN Dairy. Crushed it. Bye. Bye. Bye.